7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Uh, thank you and a very good evening and thanks for joining us on the show tonight. And uh, we are going to do some start something different uh, this week and it's part of our build-up to the Cricket World Cup which starts in May in England and we've decided to dedicate Thursdays uh, to cricket. So going forward we will mostly discuss all things cricket on the on a Thursday and uh, tonight actually we'll be joined on the line all the way from the UK by former Proteas fast bowler, now tent coach, a man that they used to call the White Lightning because of his sheer pace. He was South Africa's most successful bowler when he retired with 330 test wickets at an average of 22.25, claimed 272 ODI wickets at an average of 21.78, and that is none other than Alan Donald, who has agreed to chat to us this evening. So we'll get his thoughts on the game at the moment, the World Cup, the Proteas chances, and also find out how coaching is going. So feel free to join our conversation with Alan Donald if you have any questions for him on 0891-104-207. We take SMSs on 40938 and also WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107. But before all of that, uh, the big one in golf is underway. uh, So we're going to make an exception tonight. The first major of the year, the Masters at Augusta, the only major that gets played at the same venue, rich in tradition. And that's where we are going to uh, start with. Well, we are going to go there and have a preview of the Masters. It is actually underway. Um, About an hour ago, there were three South Africans tied at the top of the leaderboard, but it was still early days. It was uh, just in Harding, uh, Louis Austin and Brendan Grace are there. Uh, so we're going to speak to renowned and well-respected uh, golf commentator Mr. Dale Hayes to talk about the Masters and what we can expect over the next uh, four days and what are the South Africans that are taking part, what are their chances, how is Tiger expected to perform and of course Rory McIlroy looking to complete a career Grand Slam. So we'll speak to Dale Hayes. Uh, but something came up before we started the show. Uh, we were not planning to do this but it's now come up. It's in our inbox. The Free State Rugby Union has released a statement. This follows uh, the press conference held by the PSL chairman, Dr. Evan Koza, this week where he said that um, they could not secure a venue uh, well, where he said that the, Mo- the, the Net Bank Cup final will be played at the Moses Mabida Stadium in Deben on the 18th of May. Uh, but the sponsors had preferred Bloemfontein, but Dr. Koza told us at a press conference uh, on Tuesday that they could not secure the venue in Bloemfontein uh, due to uh, matters beyond their control. Now, the Free State Rugby Union has released a statement, and how is this? They are saying, contrary to the announcement made by the PSL regarding the hosting of the NetBank Cup final, Toyota Stadium in Bloemfontein is and always was available for the NetBank Cup final. It is with great disappointment that Free State Rugby learned that the Moses Mabida Stadium has been chosen to host the final after Toyota Stadium offered to play host. Even greater was the shock to read the media statement by the PSL stating that the executive committee discussed the venue for the NetBank Cup final but sponsors preferred venue in Bloemfontein was not available due to unforeseen reasons. It will therefore move to Moses Mabida Stadium. In discussions between the PSL and the Free State Cheaters, it was made clear that the Free State Cheaters will do anything in their power to secure the date. The Cheaters was even willing to reschedule rugby matches and move the rugby match to a community ground to show commitment towards the event. Free State Cheaters showed openness to amend arrangements according to PSL expectations of Toyota Stadium. 
taking into consideration the autumn and winter temperatures in the free state are not favorable. Free state cheetahs PTY LTD went as far as to reschedule the annual pitch reseeding until after the Nedbank Cup final. It is certainly not true to say that the venue is not available. The Bloemfontein community, sports supporters and free state rugby are all ready to bend backwards to host the Nedbank Cup final. So we'll speak to free state, uh, uh, spokes, free state cheetah spokesperson Ronel Pinar after this break. But before we go to the break, let me take you back to that press conference so that we're all clear we're on the same page. This is what the chairman of the PSL had to say. So the venue that was preferred by the sponsor for this final was uh, Blue Fountain. But unfortunately, because of issues beyond our control, uh, we could not secure that venue. But now the final is now going to Moses Matbida Stadium. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So then let's speak to Ronald Pinar, who speaks on behalf of the Free State Cheaters, just to get more clarity here. Ronald, good evening and thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, thank you for having us. Ronald, what made you feel see the need to release the statement and clarify this matter? From Free State Rugby side, we thought that it was unfair to make a... Uh, 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 on Free side, we were willing to, to host uh, the NetBank Cup final, we always um, we want to have an event. Okay, okay Ronel, I'm going to ask you, sorry, Ronel, I'm going to ask you to hold on. There we, we are losing you uh, for a second. I'll just put you back to the producers and we'll come back to you. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, Ronel. I just wanted to lock her phone, actually. I just didn't want to say it on air. Well, I guess I've just said it now. Uh, but you can hear there are just disturbances there um, with the phone and we're losing uh, w- um, the most important part of what she's saying. So she's uh, basically, I've asked her to clarify what is it uh, that um, they're actually saying in that statement. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, apologies for that. We've got Ronel back. Ronel, I'm going to have to ask you to start all over again. We just lost you in the beginning. I, I was asking, what made you see the need to release the statement today? Frida Drake, just wanted to make it clear that so we are willing to, we want to host the game in Toyota Stadium. Like um, we said in the in the media release, we we're bending um, backwards. We want to we've gone out of our way to make it possible to to host the NetBank Cup final in Toyota Stadium. Mm-hmm. We want the free state who love rugby, who love their sport, the soccer and their rugby. So um, it has been always been available for the NetBank. Final. Mm. And you clearly had negotiations then with the PSL or the Cup Committee. How did those talks go? No, we were in, a, in clear negotiations. Um, we were bidding to to have the the final in Bloemfontein, and the first and the next thing we we heard that was it was moved to Moses Mabida. And this was whilst while the the talks were still going on. Correct. Wow. Are you disappointed that it was announced before you could finish your negotiations? Extremely. We wanted a big event in Bloemfontein. Mm. And, and, and like you said, it seems like you were willing to bend over backwards because you really wanted to, to host this final. The PSL says they could not secure the venue due to unforeseen circumstances. Do you have any idea what these circumstances could be? No, it's not clear at all. We don't know what that circumstances are. Um, Everything is available for the state for 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 soccer to our soccer in the stadium. So we don't know what why they move, why the decision. 
So even the venue is was available that they said that they could not secure you. You were willing to make it available. Yes, and and it's, it's not clear at all why, why, what they mean with that. Mm. And could money have been an issue? We were we were in our talks. We were willing to um, to amend all um, all um, cost and um, expectations from their side just to make it happen. So. I don't. I can't see that it could be. It could have been an issue. And and it, our, it was more important for us to have the game in Toyota Stadium than yeah. than making money of it out of it or anything else. And I, I was informed that even the mayor was willing to get involved and make sure that this cup final goes ahead. Yes, because it's impl- it's important for Mangaung and for the Free State to have an event like this in the Free State. Yes. So I'm trying to find out what issues then, Ronel, that you can think of could have prevented Bloemfontein from hosting if you're saying that you've gone out of your way. I mean, you even mentioned in a statement that you were willing to put back the reseeding, you were willing to move the games to another ground. What then issues could have prevented this from going to Bloemfontein if that's what the sponsors wanted? You know, we know it's unclear. We um, And it's a real disappointment for us. Mm. And have you been in touch with the PSL? Have they been in touch with you to to to, to talk about this matter? We immediately after the the announcement, we immediately sent them a letter just to to express our disappointment in in what happened in the process and and how we are still willing to to negotiate and to and that we are still open um, to us again. So even even now, if they had to change their mind, you'd still be be happy to host the final. More than happy. We'd love to have the final in Bloemfontein. Okay, Ronel, thank you very much for speaking to us and just for giving us clarity from your side because obviously it's caused a lot of confusion on social media and you've been able to clarify the matter and we appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Ronel. So she says they are still willing to host the NetBank Cup final. Um, if you want to weigh in on this matter, we've got about three or four minutes to take calls. 0891-104-207. Our WhatsApp number is 061-4104-107. And you can SMS us on 40938. Free State are clear that they were willing to bend over backwards. They wanted to host the final. They were still in talks with the PSL when the announcement was made. They were shocked. So what could be going on then here? And this is what the, the chairman had to say of the PSL just to remind those who've probably just joined the conversation and they didn't hear what was said on a Tuesday because now uh, the Free State uh, Rugby Union is disputing the fact that the uh, PSL could not secure uh, the, the, the venue because the sponsors had wanted Bloemfontein. So the venue that was preferred by the sponsor for this final was uh, Bloemfontein. But unfortunately, because of issues beyond our control, uh, we could not secure that venue. But now the final is now going to Moses Matbida Stadium. Okay, there is so much reaction here on uh, social media. Let's go through uh, some of the tweets before we talk golf and before we talk uh, cricket. Uh, somebody is uh, saying that um, PSL is being run like a spaza shop. Now we are being lied to. Can we understand why we are being lied to? And uh, somebody says, thank you for bringing this matter to our attention. And um, Du Somapunga says, lies have short, short legs. Some of the things cannot be spinned. And uh, somebody has asked the sponsors now to come in and rectify this debate. This 
debacle and give us the final in uh, Bloemfontein. Uh, some uh, Tabang Tsebe says, I'm starting to suspect that someone in the PSL is being rewarded for taking all these finals uh, to Deben. What else could make sense? This does not make sense. And uh, Monobis says, ah, the PSL Mara not again. Uh, Mon- another Monobis, these are two different Monobis, I promise you, says, I'm not surprised. And uh, Jeff says, once again, they lied to us. And um, Lifa says, Deben has captured our football. It has been obvious for a while now. So there you have it then. Uh, that's what's been said. And remember also the PSL did release a statement yesterday to, to clarify this matter because they made some publications and uh, retract some of their statements that they had said that uh, the PSL had said the venue is, they could not secure the venue. We've been able to provide the clip. That's what was said. It is clear there. There's the audio there. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get more clarity again then on what is going on here. But we'll leave it there for now. We're going to uh, talk masters. We're going to talk golf next and we're going to talk cricket with Alan Donald. Hashtag SAFM Sport On Okay, we've got a quick voice note that we'll play before we speak to Mr. Hayes who's already on the line with us. Hello sir, how are you? I'm Nathan K from Nerospriety. But don't you see that PSL is a dictator? They are dictating. If the sponsor decided to put a the match in Brownfield, let them, my mean free state, let them put it there. Not that PSL is supposed to dictate for everything. PSL decided to be a dictator because of one person. So they can't inquire that what should we do instead of dictating that let the game be in uh, Moses Mabida Stadium in Durban. Let it change. Let it go back where it's supposed to be. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thanks for that. It's never too late. Free State is still willing to host the fi- the final. Uh, so we'll see what develops over the next few days. But let's talk golf now. Uh, Mr. Dale Hayes has been kind enough to uh, speak to us. Uh, the Masters are underway at Augusta National. And uh, Mr. Hayes, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. We really appreciate your time. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to say that there's golf is not quite as controversial tonight as soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Yo, we need a breather sometimes, <laughs> Mr. Hayes. Firstly, um, I'm looking at the leaderboard. I don't know whether I should start there or not, but we'll get there. I just want to start about the Masters. What makes the Masters so special? Because every golfer looks forward to this event and it seems to be steeped in such great history and tradition. Well, firstly, those are the two things, history and tradition. You know, the tournament was started by the greatest amateur golfer that ever played the game, a man by the name of Bobby Jones. And... He only wanted perfection. So everything about Augusta is absolutely perfect. It's, it's the best condition golf course that uh, the professionals play all year. And they get looked after incredibly well. And, uh, you know, just the tradition of having Bobby Jones there. And then, of course, you know, Jack Nicklaus idolized Bobby Jones. And Jack Nicklaus happened to win the Masters six times. Uh, Arnold Palmer idolized Bobby Jones. He won it four times. So, you know, just everything has gone right mm-hmm. for, for the event. And it's, you know, it's, it's the most exciting. And it's the start of major golf for the year. And, and what are some of these traditions that you can share with us? Because I found out that you can't take your phone on the course. You can't run on the course. You can't. You can't run. Never mind run. You can't. I saw a guy a few years ago just lie down. He just was sitting on the grass and he just lay on his back and they came and said to him, please, will he sit up? You cannot run on the golf course. There's no advertising at all on the golf course. So even if you buy a Coca-Cola or a, a beer that comes in, a, in, a, in a, a cup with no advertising on it. So that's one of the traditions. Another tradition, of course, 
is um, you have all the members walking around in green blazers. So as soon as you see a green blazer, you know that he's one of the members. And you know, it's his job to politely try and make the spectator in as much fun as possible. Um, the green jacket for the champion is, is another one of those great traditions. Um, as was this morning, early this morning, Gary Player and Arnold and Jack Nicholas, Key North, as you know, 83 years old and 79 years old, and they stand on the first tee and they tee off. That's a tradition that's been gained for many years. So there are lots of those sort of things that just make the event a little bit special. And there's also the champion's dinner. <laughs> yes. I haven't been invited, unfortunately. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you'll still but, get your invite. <laughs> but, I was, but I was very fortunate when I played in the Masters in the, in the 70s. Yes. They used to have a foreign players' dinner. Uh-huh. So we had a dinner that I attended three times at Augusta. And if the champion's dinner is any better than that, it's quite unbelievable. But you can imagine you can imagine at the champion's dinner this year, you had a few players that are in their 80s. They're over 80 years old now. Yeah. You know, uh, Bob Goldie was there. Gabe Brewer was there. Um, and it's, it's incredible, you know, that you can get these champions that come out to the golf tournament. They treat it, you know, they treat it royally. Uh, they actually, every one of them gets paid to be there for the week. Oh. You know, Augusta pay all of them. They pay all the expenses. They pay for everything for them to be there for the week. And all they expected to do is talk to the, as they call them, the patrons, in other words, the spectators, mm-hmm. talk to the spectators, treat them nicely, you know, just make the tournament as much fun as possible. And unlike the other majors, they don't just uh, allow anybody to play. How does it work? How does the invite work? How does one secure the invite? Well, it is, it is the toughest major to get into, okay? But in saying that, it's, it's also the weakest field of all major championships. So it's the easiest major championship to win, theoretically. And that's because they have five amateur golfers. They only have 87 players, mm. where the other majors have um, 144 or 156 players. So, you know, there are less players that play. But it, it's basically on the same... Uh, um, criteria that the other majors are. Top 50 in the world rankings, anybody who wins a tournament in America the year before. So a lot of the criteria is the same. It's just smaller. And and for so, you, yes? So, you know, it, it makes it, you know, again, anybody who gets his invitation just makes it a little bit, you know, a little bit special. And everybody looks forward to it, especially somebody who's never played before. When that invitation comes, I promise you, it is a very exciting day. And we, we, we were looking at some of your stats. I think you finished 19 in 1976. Was that your best performance at the Masters? And how do you evaluate that performance? That was my best performance. Um, you know, I, I, I could have, that, that particular tournament, I could have actually finished. You know, I should have finished in the top 10. I made a seven on the 15th hole. But, you know, that, and it's only 43 years later and I still think about it every five minutes. <laughs> so it doesn't worry me very much. But... <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's, I would say, you know, to, just to have played in the Masters, obviously, is everybody's dream. Um, you know, the, to finish 19th obviously doesn't sound that, that particularly yeah. good, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I played in it firstly and, and I've, 
you know, I made a top 20 finish. Yes, I was about to say it's a top 20 finish at the end of the day. Now, looking at the leaderboard, we've got us, we've got about six South Africans there in the field. Justin Hiding is now uh, leading his uh, three under through 15. About an hour and a half ago, it was actually him, Louis Ostezen and Brendan Grace tied at the top of the leaderboard. Firstly, um, who probably has our best chance at the Masters? Because I've seen Louis has been in some good form leading up to this tournament. I think I think Louis uh, probably is our best uh, our best chance because he's been playing unbelievable golf for the last uh, four or five months. You know, since he, he finished second in the Nedbank Golf Challenge, won the South African Open, and I think that gave him a lot of confidence to go back to America. Um, and he's played very well since he's been in America this year. So I think I think all in all, I think Louis would have to be our, the favourite of the South Africans to win the Masters tournament. It's very difficult for a first timer to win. Mm-hmm. Justin Harding is playing incredible golf. You know, he won a few weeks ago. The very next week, he finished second. So he's he's really played some terrific golf. And uh, um, I think I think I think for for Justin to have a, a top ten finish or a top twenty finish would be a fantastic achievement in his first Masters. Charles Watson obviously has won there before. So yeah. you know, with Charles, you know, Charles, it depends on kind of what his mood is like. He could be very good. He could be ordinary. Uh, Brandon Grace is a terrific player, and he's playing good golf. So Brandon, you know, Brandon, I think might have a good week. But I think all in all, if I have to pick one, I'd pick Louis Stazen. It must be a big occasion for this young man, Shevan Rabula, who's any else's nephew. We've actually spoken to him after he won the British Amateur, which qualified him for the Masters. If he was listening to us now, uh, Mr. Del Hayes, what advice would you have for him? Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Just go out there and have as much fun and remember it as one of the greatest experiences of your life. You know, don't get, don't get um, too impatient. Don't get frustrated and angry. Just go out there and enjoy it, you know. It's, it's likely that you won't score as well as you think you'll score, which is fairly likely, but it's a great experience. It's an honor for as an amateur golfer to play in the Masters tournament, and I think that's how he should treat it. I'm sure that's how he is treating it. He's a very, very nice young man. He's, he's very laid back. He's a little bit like Ernie. He's a, he's a cool customer, hmm. and I think that's exactly what he'll be doing. And looking at the rest of the field now, Rory McIlroy obviously has grabbed most of the headlines considering that he's chasing his career Grand Slam. He's also been playing well. What's improved in his game, uh, in, in your opinion? And can he do it this year? I think Rory's putted a little bit better, but he, he still is not putting the way he needs to putt to win the Masters. Rory, if Rory putts well this week, he'll be, he'll be the winner. I have no doubt about that, if he putts well. Um, other players I think that we've got to watch out for, I don't think we must write off Tiger Woods. Mm. Tiger Woods is confident. He's playing well. I think Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods will be up there on Sunday. Don't, don't write him off. Dustin Johnson and, and Justin uh, Thomas are two other players. I think that'll do well. And I think uh, Francesco Molinari, oh. I, think, I think he might be up there on Sunday. Okay. And finally, what can you tell us about the course? Because this is, I think, the only major that gets played on the same course every year. Correct. The, the golf course, you know, when you watch on television, you don't quite get the idea of how undulating the course is. From the clubhouse down to the 12th green is, is 50, a 50-yard 50 drop. So it's very, very undulating. And the greens are incredibly undulating and incredibly fast. You have to make sure that you hit your second shots, your approach shots to the green. You have to leave yourself uphill putts. If you don't leave yourself below the hole with an uphill putt, you aren't going to feature in the Masters. Pure and simple. I don't care how good a putter you are, you will not feature in the Masters. 
So you have to leave yourself up your putts. And then it's down to putting. It's down to the guys that make those few extra putts every day that uh, are the ones that are going to be at the top of the leaderboard. Great stuff, Mr. Del Hayes. Always a pleasure talking to you, sir. And thank you very much for giving us some of your time. Enjoy the golf over the next few days. Absolute pleasure. And by the way, my name is Dale. My father was Mr. Hayes. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank yes, you, Dale Hayes, there, speaking to us from a pro golfer. He's played at the Masters and is now a um, legendary commentator, uh, Mr. Okay, Dale Hayes. We'll have to get used to that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the Masters. I'm going to put up the Do Not Disturb sign um, in my house. So, Do Not Disturb. That's what I'll be doing for the next four days. Team No Sleep watching the Masters. Up next, we're going to talk all things cricket. We want to start building up to the Cricket World Cup every Thursday. And uh, we're going to look back at some of the World Cups of uh, the Proteas of the previous years just to find out maybe where did we get it wrong. Uh, bring in a few experts, bring in a few former players, and uh, just find out what. They think uh, the uh, the protests can do this year, and where they think the protests have gone wrong previously. We're also going to discuss other issues uh, just regarding our cricket here in South Africa and any other cricketing matters. So we want to try and do that every Thursday going forward as we build up to the Cricket World Cup. Call Tabiso now. 0891-104-207. So let's go all the way to England then, and that's where we find former Proteus fast bowler, legend of the game through and through, a hero of many people here in South Africa. Now coach Alan Donald, he joins us on the line. Coach, good evening. Thank you very much for finding time to uh, speak to us on SAFM. We are really grateful to have you on the line. Thank you very much. Nice to be on your show. I know you have a game going on today um, as assistant coach at Kent. I think you're playing your former county, uh, County Warwickshire there. How was day one? What, and what are the expectations at Kent, Coach Alan Donald? Yeah, we've had a, obviously a, a tough start. Um, you know, we, we had a, uh, played uh, Somerset last week and um, uh, came short there in our first game after being on top uh, um, a few, you know, you know, for the first, well, the number of, of days, um, unfortunately, that didn't work out. It didn't work out for us. But we're currently busy playing in Warwickshire. We uh, 380 for four, for five. Um, so it's gone well. It's gone well here. It's a, it's been a very cold day, uh, mm. sunny day, but a very cold day. You expect that in in, in April. Um, but it's been a, a a very very good day for us uh, so far uh, in terms of um, where we are in the match. And, and you've got a guy like Heiner Kuhn there playing for Kent, a prolific run scorer in the domestic game here. How has he done in county cricket? Well, he was amazing last year for us. Yeah, he scored a number of hundreds, uh, not only in, in, in the four-day format. Uh, he scored, uh, I think, uh, four one-day hundreds last year for us. Yeah, he got 70-odd today, unfortunately. That's... Um, but look, um, you can't buy that experience. Um, he's been he's been wonderful. He's captain. He's interim captain at the moment. While mm. while um, Sam Billings and Joe Denley are in the IPL uh, uh, right now, um, so he's uh, he's standing in as captain. Um, but he's been very. He's already had a great impact uh, in in the number of days that we've been here. Uh, you know, the season's very young so far. But uh, again, his contribution today was 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 great plays very aggressively like he always does took mm-hmm. the game takes the game on and um but yeah he he was he was tremendous today and there are obviously a lot of south african players playing that side what would you say uh, county cricket teaches our guys that they probably won't learn here at home or, or won't get here at home 
I think um, because you play so much, uh, for me it was a great. It was the best learning school for me playing in South Africa and playing over here. Mm. Uh, you you learn you you learn so much about yourself as a as, as a cricketer, not only as a batsman. It can it can be very tough for a for a young batter just to come over here because the ball constantly moves uh, off the surface and in the air. So you know you got to deal with that. Um, you, you learn so much about more about leaving the ball well, and in, in terms of bowlers, um, you know they, they, because you play on so many different pitches, you you um, every week in and week out, you've got to learn how to adjust your length. Um, you know, so every ground is different. You know, so uh, it's uh, it's uh, for me it was a, a outstanding. Um, you know, any young bowler or batter, I know Markram is over here now, yeah. for second second run at it. So he had a tough time for Durham last year. He's at, he's at, uh, at Hampshire, mm. and already he's making um, people people talk over there. So uh, in great form at the moment. But but if you're a young bowler or batter, this is a a, a wonderful uh, experience to come and play county cricket. Yeah, so he got about sixty odd last week in his first match. Um, Aidan Markram there yeah. at, at at Hampshire. You you've been coached now, Ad, for over a decade. Was that always the goal for you? And it's something that you enjoy. I love it. Yes. Uh, it, look, uh, it was. It's, it's. If it's in your blood, why not run with it? So, <laughs> I've decided that I wanted to give something back to the game, and I wanted to to help other cricketers get better at what they're doing. Um, you know, I've been I've been with uh, uh, I've been with it now for since two thousand and five six, um, mm. and I've been in coaching now for yeah yeah as you're right yeah over ten <laughs> years or so. It's been it's been uh, a fantastic journey. Yeah. It's been a fantastic, fantastic journey for me. And I mean, you you you've worked as a bowling consultant for the England team, and there were rave reviews about your contribution there. I remember, um, is that probably what kickstarted your career? What gave you more confidence to just keep going? Yeah, very much so. And 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 I, I think you know the the thing that is even more special is that um, I've 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 shared dressing rooms with a lot of people, a lot of great players. It's given me an, an, a really good insight on how they think. You know, the IPL, for instance, is a, is a great example. Yeah. It's not every day you sit in the change room where there's A.B. de Villiers, Virat Kohli, Chris Gale, just to mention those four, and their, their, their ability to share and their, their generosity to share with everyone their, their way of thinking um, you know how they, they they've set themselves up for success um, is extraordinary. You know, so it uh, really has been a, a, a tremendous um, uh, 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 learning curve for me. And as a coach, you always, always, you're always reinventing yourself. You know, you never, you can never stagnate in this in this business of coaching. You always have to be, uh, always have to be um, um, learning new things. And talking about the IPL, how is it being a bowling coach in the IPL? Because bowlers are the sacrificial lambs there. And what exactly do you work on with with the bowlers in a format that seems to be heavily in favour of the batsmen? Well, I think once you know, we we um, a lot of the times, a lot of the times we train very specifically. We don't just uh, we moved away from. The normal training sessions where we just bowl and bowlers bowl and batters bat. Um, we we specifically focus on our death bowling skills, our variations, especially at the end, because we you know and, and mindsets in the in the power play. You know how are we going to hunt down 
two wickets in the power play in that six over spell but we focus my focus was a lot more sort of on the back end of the of the innings where bowlers get absolutely pumped out of the ground so that is that's never an easy time never an easy time to to um to be a bowler so uh we 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 had death specific death sessions in the middle where where our guys who wasn't <laughs> and it was never easy to come and bowl at Chris Gale at any time and just practice bowling death to him you know so we put the guys under put the guys under um real pressure um and see mm. oh are you still there, Alan? Oh, okay, we seem to have lost that, Alan. We're going to get him uh, back. We are going to have to take a quick break then. If you want to join the conversation with Alan Donald, uh, he's agreed to speak to us until 8. So please feel free to call us on 0891-104-207 or you can send us WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107 and our SMS line is 40938. AFM leading the conversation. Still having a chat with Proteas legend Alan Donald, and we were just talking about uh, what he teaches the bowlers in T20 cricket before we went to the break. And Alan, T20 is now seems to be dominating world cricket. So many leagues around the world. What's your take on this format? Are you a fan of it? Yeah, I, I, I can say I'm. I'm. Um, I'm definitely not going to go against it. Um, it's the way it's the way the, the the game has gone, and it's the way that uh, you know it's 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 going to be there, and it's going to be there for a very long time to come. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. um, no, go ahead. Um, yeah, it's um, you know the leagues are going to just get bigger. Uh, the IPL, of course, is it's a, it's a league in its own. It's uh, you know, and the big bash is is huge money spinners. Um, but uh, that's just the way it, it, it really has gone now for everyone. You know, it, it's um, it's incredible how these leagues are jumping up all over the world, and, and players. Uh, well, the only worry is 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 players who just focus on that side of the game basically and becoming, you know, just sort of leaving Test cricket in in uh, on the back burner. Um, so that's the only worry for me is the is the is the great ones moving along and 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 playing just the short format of the game, which is which is a bit of a concern for me. But um, look, the players are making tons of money at the moment, mm. um, and um, yeah, I suppose I would have loved to have had a crack at it, but myself. But uh, but yeah, to have coached there and to see what it what it, what it teaches you, it, it, it's amazing skill. It really is. It's the skill's gone through the roof. Yeah. And back to your coaching now. Um, Gary Kirsten brought you in when he was Proteas coach. How do you look back at your stint with the Proteas? And was that also a goal for Alan Donald to work with with the Proteas? Yes, I was. I was uh, almost on my way to New Zealand um, because I verbally signed a contract with New Zealand to go and join them for those two years. Mm. Um, and then, um, you know, when Gary rang me on the Sunday, I was leaving on the next Friday, and when he rang me to say. Um, I'd like to join the coaching staff. I immediately turned the New, Ze- New Zealand thing down. I had a great stint. I really did. I, I learned a lot from Gary um, as a coach, and um, and and of course Paddy Upton, who was yeah. very, very you know he's right hand man. Um, and um, to have been in another World Cup in 2015, unfortunately, 
couldn't pull pull through, but um, it was a it was a a, a very very nice time, and and, and made, made a lot of good friends. Uh, you know, it was a hell of a brotherhood then. Um, since in, in that four years, it was a close close knit coaching team and a close knit team, and enjoyed every second of it. Okay, we've got Patrick. That's called us from Port Elizabeth. Patrick, good evening. Uh, evening, Tavison. Evening to Anil uh, Donald, the legend himself. Uh, okay. I just, I just maybe a two to one or two questions, Tabiso. Yeah. Uh, maybe first one is to find out from him. Um, does he still does he have nightmare of what transpired when we on that semi final with uh, Australia? That missed up with Lance Cruz and himself. Mm. And maybe how has he dealt with it going for uh, going forward to his career even if after even before he even ended. And another thing, maybe on his honest opinion, is South Africa ready for the World Cup? How is the readiness of South Africa in terms of the World Cup? And also, um, maybe to add, what can we can we be contenders in this year, in the coming World Cup? Okay, Patrick in PE, loud and clear. We're also going to take a voice note, AD, and I'll let you respond. Oh, okay. Let's 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 start with with with, with those questions from Patrick. Obviously, the 1999 World Cup always comes up when people refer to you. The funny thing, though, is that we spoke to Lars Klusner a couple of months ago and he was telling us that everybody remembers the run-out, but they forgot that he was player of the tournament. And um, other people that we spoke to say that that was actually South Africa's best team at a World Cup. I mean, do you have nightmares about that moment? You get reminded about it, I'm sure. Yeah, look, um, I I get that question um, a million times uh, a year. So, um, and um, I, I had, I seriously had problems dealing with it. I, I have to say, and uh, I think uh, Bob Woolner at that time, he was also a Warwickshire coach, and I, I joined up with Warwickshire the very next day. Um, he thought it was worthwhile for me to see someone, um, you know, because it was a, it was a, a messy time for me because I blamed myself fairly and squarely. Um, you know the buck stopped with me, and um, and it was a, 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 a immensely difficult time to accept what happened, and um, and and also the, the the mail and messages that I got wasn't very friendly ones either. It was uh, you know luckily my wife stopped me from looking at any of letters and stuff like that that came my way, and um, but uh, the help that I got was was crucial. Um, I saw a psychologist, uh, and um, you know he made me look at that. Uh, they they got a method uh, or a, a thing that they use called flooding. You know, you you relive the moment over and over and over again. Um, so which I did, and um, I actually felt a lot better uh, for seeing that so many times again. And uh, um, um, but uh, you know, as the years went on, it got it, I must say. Got a lot better uh, to 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 uh, uh, to accept what happened, and and it's sport, you know, it's sport, and 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 things like that will happen probably again. Um, so it's it's pressure, it's pure pressure, and sometimes you're going to make good decisions, and sometimes you're not going to make very good decisions. Um, and um, unfortunately, that uh, that day was a tragic day for South Africa, but. Uh, um, what was the other question? That, uh, uh, the, the other question was, what are our chances in this World Cup? Do you think that South Africa is ready and they're serious contenders? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, South Africa will always be contenders. And um, it, it's just, you know, World Cups are an amazing thing because it's how you hit them. It's how, it's, it's how you come into these World Cups that uh, is, is uh, um, you know, with form. And you need players in form. And that's the, I think that, that is the crucial thing. And South Africa take on England the very first game. And, um, you know, which is going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy because England are playing seriously good cricket right now. Um, and uh, they're a formidable one-day side right now. And it's not the England of old. They've changed the way they play. Um, but there's no question about it. You know, is that South Africa will always be a contender in any World Cup. And uh, it's just, you know, you get over that first game. That's your momentum right there. And uh, and you run with it, but uh, that that first game for me is going to be one heck of a game to to, to get over England versus South Africa at the Oval. That's going to be a monumental game uh, to get things going. Okay, for those who've just joined us, we're catching up with Alan O'Donnell. You can call us on 0891 uh, SMS line 40938, and we take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061 Those who are struggling to get in, please try and send us a voice note then if you can't get through on 061 We've got about nine minutes left with Alan Donald. Just a question for Alan. My name is Alvarez from Mission Cape. Um, is he still working with fast bowlers or what is he doing at the moment? Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks for that. Maybe you can just clarify that, Alan, because you've worked as a bowling coach and you're now an assistant coach at Kent. Sorry, can you just give me that question again? Oh, oh, I didn't okay. quite catch it. He just wanted to understand if you're still working specifically with fast bowlers at Kent. Um, no. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, one of my, um, one of my main, one of my main um, jobs, one of my main jobs uh, currently is 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 working yes working with our bowlers um and uh, give me one second no problem no problem okay we're gonna go to another voice note also as uh yeah, yes um and and basically um across the board so um if i feel i've got an opinion with a batter or something like that um i you know one of my roles here is to is to work with that uh, with currently with the the uh, the the head coach uh, matthew walker but uh, but yes my main focus is pretty much um focusing on our on our fast bowlers uh, uh across the board so we spend some time with our academy um you know and we talk also talk about our culture and how we want to go about our culture mm. um so you know for me i i believe that any team any team that has a, a a very 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 close culture is a, is, a, is a very successful team um so that's also something that um uh i brought in here with kent with uh, with uh, uh, the head coach okay let's go to another voice note Hi, good evening. Um, you know, it's so nice to hear one of our legends, um, Alan Donald's um, voice. The other day we were talking about our, our cricketers that we had, you know, in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s. And I think um, one of our biggest um, uh, killers um, of our cricket is basically the involvement of government wanting to try to uh, bring um, you know the, the race issue into our cricket. Those years 
when when these Allens and um, Hussle Gibbs and Smith them and all these guys were playing, they played for the country and and we really enjoyed it today. Okay, I think we've got that, the, the, the gist of that. But to be fair, I think the guys are coming through on merit now. If you look at the guys like Kakhe Sorabada and the likes of Lungingidi, those fast bowlers, Alan, must surely excite you uh, that the fast bowling machines here in South Africa are still going strong? Oh, it's, um, you know, we've had a conveyor belt of fast bowlers. Um, we've had a great history of, of many fast bowlers coming through, uh, through our ranks um, and coming through the system, through the club system, at the academies, um, you know, it's been it's been nothing but um, amazing to watch. Um, you know, um, and I, I'm so proud of uh, Kahiso Rabari. You know, he's he's a, such a wonderful, wonderful. He's, he's a great kid. Not only that, but also when I saw him bowl in the World Cup on the 19 final, yeah. uh, I just knew. That. You, you know, when you see someone and you just see someone with amazing talent, raw talent, at the age of 18, 19. You just know that this kid is destined for big things. I remember um, uh, Ray Jennings actually said that this kid is ahead of his time. I actually saw him at the sports, the high performance in in uh, in, in Pretoria, mm. and he said to me, "This kid is ahead of his. I've got this young kid. He's ahead of his time. Kahisarabara is going to play for South Africa within a year." And he was absolutely spot on. You know, so. Um, and then young Lundi Ngidi comes along and, uh, you know, the list gets gets longer. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting to see um, that these youngsters now find themselves in getting IPL contracts. Um, and uh, But Rabada is, is a special one. He is, he, is, he is incredibly special. His consistency and his strike rate and his performances he puts out for South Africa is astonishing. There's nothing but astonishing and, and long may that continue. And he's bowling beautifully in all formats of the game. He's been outstanding in this IPL so far for those uh, who've been following it. What about a guy like Delstein AD? Still going strong despite his injury setbacks. Where would you rank him in the list of, of the country's best fast bowlers? Oh gosh, no, he's right up there. <laughs> um, I mean, he's... <laughs> he's uh, look, currently... Um, there's no question he's the best. He's the best fast bowler South Africa has ever produced. Um, and, and this young man Regatta is probably going to go past that as well. And he will he will embed himself in the history of South Africa as one of the greatest of all time. There's no question Regatta will do that. Dale Stain has been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. It's scary if you look at his stats and you look. Uh, look at the numbers and the strike rate. He's got one of the best strike rates, I think, currently of all time. And, and that's some, just a testament from, to his skill. Um, he's an, you know, his athletic ability, um, he doesn't get injured a lot. I know at the moment that old chestnut of, you know, age, age catches everyone is starting to, uh, is, is, starting to catch him as well now but uh but look we must enjoy dale stain while while he's still around i think uh um i, I know i i i cherish I, I know what that felt like when the crowd was behind me um uh, when when you go out there and you 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 know that the people are right behind you and i think that 
for, for, for the South, all South Africans is, is to get that behind Dale Stane and what he's doing for South Africa for, even if it's for two or three more years, we, we've got to enjoy what we, what we get from Dale Stane. And finally, on that note, talking about some of the greats, I mean, one of the greats, A.B. de Villiers, will not be going to the World Cup with the Proteas. Obviously, he will be missed. But were you surprised by his decision, A.D., or as a former player, is it something that you understand his reasoning? I was. You know, after his first layoff, um, I thought, well, you know, it's just a matter of time. He'll, he'll come back. He needs that break. And, and then he came back and he said he was ready to play. Um, and then, then it was. A, I must say, I was stunned. I was stunned by the decision, but I can also see. I can also see why he's done that. And uh, you know, it is a very personal decision. It's uh, something that everyone has has to res- respect. And um, and there's no doubt that uh, you know uh, uh, it's a shame. It, look, he has left a massive hole in that uh, World Cup squad. Um, a match winner, um, just an amazing, amazing player that uh, I've had the I've had the the pleasure of watching him take down the West Indies um, in a, in a World Cup game in, in in Sydney in 2015. It was it was probably the most phenomenal most phenomenal hitting I've ever seen anyone take one team down. You know, so he will be missed absolutely you know we've uh, we we got to get those runs that ab is not going to get us uh, for for us you know so that there's but i'm i'm loving the look of this young markram yep. um i think he's an absolute sensation um and and the way he's playing right now uh you know it'd be very very tough to leave him out of a world cup squad that's for sure um but uh but look ab ab's decision i respect 100% yeah, well, Mark Boucher said if Aiden Makram doesn't go to the World Cup, he'll pay for his ticket and make sure that he is there. But Alan, thank you very much for finding time to speak to us. We really, really appreciate it. We're honored to be speaking to you. And I'll end with this message from Sanders who says thank you to Alan for being honest. Tell him we've long forgiven him and that we love you, AD. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Love you all. Thank you, Alan. A legend, true legend of the sport of Proteus cricket there, Alan Donald. We're going to continue building up to the World Cup every Thursday right here on SAFM Sport On with me, Tabi Somosia.